Couch Wisdom. Couch Wisdom. Hey, this is Jordan Rothline from Red Bull Music Academy. Welcome to Couch Wisdom, Red Bull Radio's podcast presenting the best of RBMA's lecture archive. The roster for UK electronic label Night Slugs is stacked with talent. So it's no small praise to say that British producer, songwriter, and DJ Jack Latham, a.k.a. Jam City, is one of the label's most prominent artists. His 2012 debut classical Curves is already recognized as a modern classic, lauded for its fusion of glinting, melody-driven club music and concussive percussion. However, his second album, Dream a Garden, marked a dramatic break from that style, instead favoring electronic-infused dream pop. As dynamic as he is in his solo work, Latham displays even greater versatility in his collaborative projects. For instance, Latham produced the bulk of Kalela's electro R&B album Take Me Apart, which topped numerous year-end lists in 2017. When he isn't in the studio, Latham DJs at festivals and in clubs around the world. In this episode of Couch Wisdom, recorded at the 2018 Red Bull Music Academy in Berlin, Latham discussed getting his club music education in London, the power of minimalism, and the psychology of pop production. If you want to learn more about the Academy, please stay tuned after the lecture. For now, enjoy this bit of Couch Wisdom. Please help me welcome Jam City. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Okay, let's set a scene. It's two o'clock in the morning in London, and you're in a club. It's very dark, and it's very loud, and there's bodies moving around everywhere. What do you, the musician, pay attention to in moments like that? Uh, 2am. Maybe not very much at 2am, but you know. (laughs) What do do I pay attention to? Um, I mean, I'm sort of trying to think about my my sort of formative uh, musical experiences, I suppose. Um, Going going to clubs and and, um, enjoying myself and, you know, staying out all night and that sort of thing. Um, well, is this as a, is this as a, a producer, DJ, or musician, or just someone on the dance floor? A mixture of all. Like, okay. I want to get inside your head, you know? Um, I mean, the thing I suppose that I come back to sort of time and time again is, is listening, is, is the most sort of simple thing, which is just listening to music really, really loud with other people. And, uh, you know, obviously the uh, nightclub is the place to do that, but my best memories in life in general are, you know, like house parties where someone, you know, takes over stereo and, it, and it's good as well. It's not, you know, like, come on, mate. Like, um, you know, just so it's just like, it's, 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 it's something about hearing music really, really loud uh, with other people. Um, and that really can be anywhere. So, you know, it's, it's, it could be at a nightclub or it can be wherever. It could be in someone's bedroom. It can be wherever. Yeah, and I, and I think... You know, it, it's it's that point that you kind of sort of lose yourself in it, and the volume helps you sort of lose yourself in it, and 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 the feeling of of um, sort of collectivity that everyone is on a similar sort of wavelength is is you know is one of the best sort of feelings in, in the world. You know, I think that's sort of how how I feel at that point. Maybe just joy, joy is the word. I feel joyous. Joy and volume. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good one. Yeah. So yeah. whereabouts um, would you go and listen to this very loud music? You're from South London, right? I'm not from South London. Um, no, no, I mean, no, you're, you're right. Um, I'm, I mean, I grew up outside of London um, and I moved to South London. I went to study 
fine art actually and um you know like i mean i'm i'm from sort of you know like quite a kind of i i mean if it felt isolated growing up i suppose in the sense that you know i was upset i was really obsessed with music and um i mean i you know i didn't feel like i fit in you know i didn't feel like anyone understood me and you know the the moment i, I was able to you know, get a maintenance grant and, and go and, and move to a city, you know, that was really transformative for me. And so when I, when I was going out at that time, um, you know, like, I, you know, I, I'm sure, like, I mean, some of my age probably missed, you know, the successes, golden eras of rave, punk, uh, house music, you know, even two-step. My sister was in, big into two-step garage, so I kind of got that um, secondhand. But Still, having said that, when I first got to London, um, it was felt like a very, you know, you know, I was just like drunk on going to see uh, music and going out, and you know, it's like sort of kid, kid in a candy store, I suppose. Um, so one, so some of the places that I was going, you know, night slugs um, was were starting to do raves and like squats and stuff, and there was a whole whole mixture of music and people at those. I used to go to horse meat disco a lot as well and, and really got sort of education disco and funk and soul music from there. Caught, I caught maybe maybe one or two of the early DMZ as well. I was at a DMZ where Code 9 played Sign of the Times by Prince, like peak time. So that was like, you know, mind-blowing. And, uh, and yeah, it was just like, you know, it was a multitude of, of different music, different culture uh, to, to, to just... Uh, you know just dive dive right into and I got a musical education from from that that I, I don't think I could have got in the same way uh, had I been stuck on my own uh, in a kind of isolated sort of you know community or whatever you know it's had to go out there and, and experience it and it was it was brilliant. So apart from uh being in love with like the volume and the joy and not wanting to be isolated that kind of made you that kind of grabbed you first but then as a musician what made you kind of stick around and start getting involved in like producing electronic music I mean it's it's, it's funny I mean I sort of I always wanted to like be in a band basically and I could never find like-minded people to, to do that with and so really making music for DJing and, and clubs was a really expedient and easy way to, to start expressing myself musically just you know basically making edits doing some sort of simple things and and also like you know I went um I went to art school I did a, I studied fine art um but I didn't really want to do that necessarily and and you know I was I was very very lucky I was very very lucky and very privileged to have the time to figure out what I wanted to do and you know that was sort of three years that I spent like studying effectively were really just three years where I kind of learned how to make music um, from from the ground up. Like I played guitar a little bit when I was younger, but not very seriously. I didn't have any musical education. So going out, getting that education that way and also, yeah, having the time to experiment, having the time to make mistakes and kind of learn how to make music on my own and with the help of friends and people who's DJing it as well. People to validate you, people to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to play your song out when we're in a club or whatever. You know, um, all of that was, just, it, it was, 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 was my way into making music and was, and was particularly kind of... I was I was lucky in that I, I got that really you know I had that support and I had that um, that time to, to 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 figure it out for myself I suppose yeah. When you were studying fine art, you said you didn't want to go on and 
use fine art in like your professional life, say, but were there any kind of disciplines, like ways of working, ways of thinking about the world that kind of fed into what you did musically at all or were they quite separate concerns? Um, I mean, in the UK for art schools, there's, I don't even know if they do it anymore, but it's like a foundation year and um, it's free. And um, I travelled up to London every day and just did this for a year, just did this free free course where... um, it was the best year of education I've had in my life. And it was because the, the, the bar, I mean, it may be a bit unfair on myself, but the bar was very like low in the sense that they were interested in people who just wanted to come and um, people who were just sort of passionate about doing things, not necessarily that you had the skills, whatever, because I'm not, I'm not a particularly good visual artist. Um, and so what, what happened with that is that... Um, that had a year of, of, of an art foundation that was really like honestly really formative and it was really life changing because I had teachers that cared enough to teach me things and impart things as well that had nothing to do with music really but um, you know just having, having a, a sort of a figure who's going to be like you should look at this or you should look at this or have you ever thought about this or like go to the library and like get out rent out these films you know it's just this this constant unlocking of doors and unlocking of doors and unlocking of like sort of secret knowledge that is is often kept kept to in quite a sort of elite reserve and it's quite out of access to a lot of people and 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 absolutely yeah that year of 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 free education with some really dedicated and amazing people who I was lucky enough to have as my tutors gave me a bunch of sort of tools I suppose to to think about things when I started to make music um, and it's always indirect but I think if nothing else it's just like you know a curiosity and um, and 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 a, and a sense of support as well that you can do these things so yeah absolutely I definitely had uh, definitely things that were imparted that that year particularly were, were essential to, to me as just a, a person I think yeah so you're going out, you're making music, and you released your debut album in 2012. Yeah. Um, it's called Classical Curves. Now, what made you decide to write an album at that time? Like, what were you particularly interested in? You say you've, you're very, like, a, a curious person, a creative person that got to unlock all these doors and open up your mind. What made you decide that you were going to channel all that into making an album of music? I suppose I'd kind of just got sort of, confident enough to feel like I had had just enough of the kind of music making like tools to say something that was a bit more in line with you know obviously like when you when you start making music you know it's and it's it's natural and it's it's kind of essential that you you know copy other people you kind of learn how to do what you want to do but that was the kind of first point in my life where I felt like I, I had something to sort of say for myself and the, I guess the context is that, um, you know, the, the kind of, I'd been DJing for a few years, you know, around London and stuff, pretty small stuff and, and, and kind of stuff that night slugs were, were, were playing and the kind of stuff that, that we were enjoying was, was really sort of like, um, it was fun, it was colourful, very heavily influenced by both sides of the Atlantic, um, American hip hop and club culture and also UK UK music, of course. I remember, yeah, it being a real kind of um, a fun, a fun time musically. And then I think uh, when I started to DJ, I'd released a few sort of little releases, and I started to DJ out a bit more. And I think like 
uh, sort of collectively everyone at Night Slugs was getting a bit fed up with the music that other people were making because, you know, like um, I, there was just a sort of a bit of a sea change in like 2010 or maybe not, maybe a bit later than that, 2011 or whatever, where it was just sort of like everyone started to make techno and it, it just, I, mean, I love techno, but it just suddenly what was once very sort of colourful and interesting and didn't take itself too seriously, got a bit macho, got a bit kind of, Cokey, like not naming any producers' names at, at all. Like whatever it is, what it is. Um, but it was just at a time for me where I just felt like not really into the stuff that's being played on the dance floors around me. I remember having that conversation with um, with, with with Alex Wattbock, and you know I had had kind of same thing. And and I think that was that was a good point for me to think like you know what now's a good time to just maybe try and um, try and do something that's a bit more. Uh, well, well, just try and explore some other ideas. Yeah, um, it's as yeah, simple as that, really. Just like now's a good time to, to go off on this route. Yeah, as simple as that. Um, you said that you're a self-taught musician. You said you played a bit of guitar, a bit of keys, um, and you've got Ableton. If you don't have like the formal training of a musicianship, most people in this room are self-taught musicians in some way or another, so they can all really relate. Um, what kind of listening practices? do you have or little tricks that you do to get yourself into that funk when you're making music? Um, I mean, I mean, in all honesty, a lot of it is, is um, the hardest thing to do is, is carving out time and, le and learning. And, um, and again, like, you know, um, I have, I have the most basic, basic, like knowledge of, of, of theory. And when I say that, I, I really mean like, basic like you know um like i know what a minor chord is kind of stops there you know um but that took me years to figure out and i was lucky that i had the time to do that and and support to do that but um but it but it pay but it pays off i think um and and again like i think especially with electronic music the the, the tiniest bits of, of knowledge that you can kind of pick up places can just stretch on for miles and you can use that thing again and again and again um people say the same thing about the guitar you know guitar pop songs is you know three or four chords used repeated again and again and again and it's really true like i think that music theory and to someone uninitiated or not schooled in it is very intimidating and it feels like the preserve of of you know people with with certain educations and whatnot. Um, but if you can act, if you can somehow access it, then you know, like it 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 really can can help you find a language to exp express yourself in. Um, yeah. They often say to be a really really good writer, you have to read like ten times more than you actually write. Um, what kind of music do you listen to to kind of get in a zone? You're talking about like very lovely four chord pop music with guitars. Like what kind of people do you go back and listen to and go, oh, that person really nailed that? Probably, like honestly, I've, I've got a, like a straightforward answer to that. And it's probably like, like uh, disco, Philly Soul, um, like uh, Gamble and Huff that kind of thing and I think it's why and why them in particular is because not only is it the musically you know and harmonically the most sort of rich uh, music there is you know it's symphonic a lot of it really um, but it's it's also it was made for dance floors and it was made for radio stations and and and, and 
you know, transistor radios, I guess. So like that, you know, version of laptop speakers from like 40 years ago um, and how they're able to, uh, I mean, just those records are just com completely mind-blowing and, and, and soulful and inspiring and, and genuinely moving. And um, I find that that is something that I come back to a lot. Yeah, actually, that, that music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That and the Smiths, but, you know, not... And not anymore. Well... And no Morrissey. Yeah, I mean, he, he's fucked it up, you know. But Johnny Marr's one of us. He's a good guy, and he's, like, resolutely left-wing, so it's like, you know, and he, he, was, he was the other half of it, but yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so tell me a bit more about your guitar playing, because your guitar has kind of stayed with you a lot more in your recent music. Um, you have a... Actually, let's listen to something from your second album. Let's get right into that. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. Let's play a track called Black Friday. How about that? Let's play that one. So this is from your second album. This came out four years after your first one. Yeah, four yeah. years. So 2015, yeah. When I listen to that, I think it feels like you've left the guitar out in the sun for too long. It's become <laughs> a bit bleached. Yeah. Um, tell me about that sound and how you achieve that because I was really fascinated uh, to read that you used almost exactly the same setup to make this album as you did your last and the sounds are very different yeah yeah um, yeah same thing the only difference is that, that there's a guitar you know plugged into the inf interface um, and, and I sing on the record too um, again like yeah it's 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 it's, it's, it's kind of anti-gear like it's just not for any reason other than cost but just like yeah um yeah just i don't know like um couldn't make noise as well where i was living um so just plugged it in didn't have any amplification i think and that gives i mean like yeah it gives guitar quite a like nice clean tone and uh yeah it's again it's working with limitations it's like just um and kind of ending up with something through trial and error that you actually feel says something about your personality it took me a while to hear that but even like hearing it now I'm kind of like okay yeah like that sounds like like me in a way and that's like a, a really nice thing to have as well the way that you describe the room that you made it in then is actually really appropriate because to me this sounds like songs of and for a very specific environment. And I remember you said right at the start, like the joy of, of, of club music, electronic music is volume, the impact of volume. And this was made maybe in headphones in your room where you can- uh, Yeah, m mainly, yeah, yeah. Just again, like a kind of a, a budget set up. Um, and again, like, you know, like, I mean, I, I grew up like, well, I mean, I love, I love guitar music, I love rock music. But I also grew up in the indie years, what was sort of the worst period for culture since like the 1950s. Um, <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> it was just, it was just terrible. It was just terrible. I just, bad, bad memories. But, but you know, like it's in all seriousness though, like, I, like, I mean, at the same time, it was like, that was kind of a golden age for American hip hop. And I remember just like, you know, being really into guitars and guitar music, and and then suddenly there was this popular form of guitar music, and um, but it just did, didn't really feel interesting anymore. And yes, yeah, so I feel there's so much baggage as well with 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 the guitar, and you know, like and 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 again, it's about having a it's about having amplification and and space to practice in, and um, you, you know, if, if it, I suppose it feels quite nice to just. 
I don't want to say reclaim it because I, you know, I don't own it, but like, but do you know what I mean? Like just, and, and actually like, I, I mean, I, I, I keep hearing like really um, great sort of new artists and songwriters that are probably using the sort of similar setup for, 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 for cost reasons and everything. And I feel almost like there's a, you know, kind of almost like a new wave of, of really um, uh, interesting kind of like guitar centered electronic music maybe I can't think of any examples off the top of my head but um, yeah it's it's a beautiful instrument and one thing as, as well with playing it is I find it slow it slows me down and it slows the production process down a lot and that's really good because I think that sometimes music production software can almost answer your questions for you and that's great because it means you make stuff a lot quicker but when I have to sit in front of a guitar, I have to really concentrate and I have to really think about what it is I'm trying to do. And the results always uh, feel a, a bit more interesting and not, and, 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 and again, I don't really like the word, but like honest, um, because I've just sort of taken a bit of time to, to really think what I'm doing. So, yeah. Do you mean almost like when you say reclaim, but you don't own them, you mean like reclaim them from kind of like the indie macho loudness wars and just put it back into a private space? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I really don't want to be on record saying I reclaimed guitars at all, but no, I mean, I just, I, I suppose I just like, you know, like, um, you know, they're they're also like a relatively easy instrument to learn. Like, you know, com comparatively, you know, that's what punk was all about, and really, and um, you know, like it's it's a great addition to to all the types of things you can do with a with a laptop and a, a door or whatever. So, so yeah, and and um, it's it's I don't know. I like the sound of guitars. I really I really do, and they they make me go to a very like personal. Uh, place and make me think about you know very deep memories and stuff like that it just it just it just it's a sound that um feels very meaningful and to me in whatever context it is however it's processed or whatever it feels like it kind of triggers something deep in my, my subconscious that um that whenever whenever i hear, hear it it's, it feels um really meaningful to me so yeah you also used your voice on this record and it's kind of the first time we get to, to hear you with your voice in there. And it's, again, like smudged in with like the general effect of the sound. Tell me a little bit about, you maybe didn't have a choice like financially in what you were using, but there are aesthetic choices that you make when you make your own music. So tell me about that aesthetic choice. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just like, I've just, I guess I've kind of, um, I've always um, been, I mean, I mean, I think obviously everyone is drawn to, to songs. Excuse me. And um, I think it took me a while to figure out how to do that, but I kind of always wanted to do that. And um, and and even on classical curves, there's weird little snatches of vocals and breaths and things buried in the mix, and it just feels feels like you're kind of hij hijacking hijacking the song with your with the, by inserting yourself into it, and. Um, uh, you know that, and that feel again. It feels it feels good. It feels like it's part part of you, and you know you you kind of embedded something quite pure. Not, not pure. I don't like that word, but like you've embedded something quite um, sort of meaningful and 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 maybe vulnerable as well in 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 deep into the sort of fabric of the of the sounds. Um, and 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 I say that as a as a listener, really mainly. You know, like you know, I'm always 
compelled to, to songs with 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 voices, singing, spoken word, rapping, whatever. Like it's it's just the hook that kind of like draws me in, you know. There's something very um, warmly ambiguous about this kind of sound that you're able to put a sound out, not even about you know, being madly in love or being depressed or a triumph or a sorrow. It's about these kind of grey spaces where you just want to be kind of left alone. Is that something that you think about when you're making music? What, wanting to be left alone? <laughs> um, no, I think, um, I mean, I suppose sort of, you know, what you said at the start as well, of, of, you know, like being somewhere around other people listening to music, you know that's that's kind of you know that is that is sort of important to me um i mean another thing as well is that i, I never want to the one thing i really don't want to have is like an art, artistic temperament in my life <laughs> like i really strive to not be that 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 person that's just like you know give me my solitude to create you know <laughs> like 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 seal me in my anechoic chamber and like you know that no one into my genius has, has has been expelled but it's just like you know and and again I think it speaks to the conditions under which a lot of us probably make music is that um we're, we're we're doing it wherever we can whenever we can and I think and and so there's perhaps something in that then that that um you, I don't know. You use whatever space you can to to get as deep as possible inside inside yourself. Be also like you know, come out of that and uh, you know, uh, a nice person. I mean, I feel like I just I, I guess I just think about this a lot, like the, the conditions under which you need to create music. I never, I've never had a studio, and I, I think occasionally I don't quite like working in studios. But like you know, it's you, you use what you have, and and. Um, you know, like I, I never want to be sealed off from the world when I when I when I like create or whatever. I like being around people, and um, I actually like working in cafes as well. <laughs> like occasionally, just I don't always have to, um, um, particularly now. But like it's 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 nice to be around people and be a functioning member of society and just like you know, it's it's a job like any other. You know, you're just getting on with it and using that time and that space to to, to yeah to get as deep inside yourself as you can so so speaking of um of studios and other people uh, we've talked a lot about you so let's talk about the other people that you work with um you played quite a big role as a, a writer and a co-producer on an album by an artist called Kalela yeah um her album came out actually I realized it was this week exactly a year ago um oh, really? that her album came out wow time flies um so there's a, a singer from Washington DC called Kalela and she brought out an album last year called Take Me Apart, which you played a big role in. And I would like to play uh, yeah. in full. The Kalela fans in the audience. Yeah, if you've got some Kalela feels, fans, feels, we're happy. Feels good. <laughs> you have arrived, sir. Uh, give, um, yeah, give it, okay, can we please have um, video number three in full, please? I like how you just said Kalela, but... Kalela. You're in there too. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ladies Kalela. and gentlemen, Kalela. Um, she is amazing. Now, we've talked a lot about you and the very uh, private, intuitive way of making music. Now, you go and work with a vocalist, uh, another person in the room. Uh, tell me about making that creative leap into that space. Yeah, I mean, the first... So, I mean, I was, I was kind of dropped in the deep end a little bit in the... Um, 
I, I I lived in America for a little bit. I lived in on the East Coast and then I lived in LA for a year. And when I first moved there, I got set up um, on um, a uh, session at Jason Derillo's house. So yeah, I didn't meet the man. Um, sadly, I didn't make the album. Um, but uh, it was—I was really nervous. And uh, this is Claire and I worked together on some stuff, but it was always over email. And it was when I was was when I was in there later that I kind of got more involved with that record. Um, but yeah, in terms of working with other people, that uh, that was literally like one of my first sort of sessions. And um, you know, it's it's weird because like. As I, as I say, like, you know, making music on your own, like I did, I did two solo records by that point and it gets very, very myopic and claustrophobic in a way. And I, I kind of feel, I love making music on my own, but I feel that getting into production for other people and co-writing with people more kind of like saved me from sort of like insanity a little bit because, you know, like, like I said, you know, like always like wanting to be in a band or whatever and suddenly, you know, you can be in that situation with other people where you're just like, you know, just, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. And so this first session I had um, in this like, you know, crazy like, you know, mansion or whatever in, you know, em- empty empty house, Jason Derulo in residence, like, you know, what surprised me was going into that is as someone who makes, you know, qu- quite uh you know like personal music or you know uh you know like niche music or whatever you know stuff we've played earlier is, is very specific to, to me and who I am going into that situation feeling like how the fuck am I gonna how am I gonna be useful to these people in any way like how do I fit into this puzzle but the thing I found out that day and is honestly subsequently like not really changed in any of the people I've met for sessions um, and had and worked with whether they've gone somewhere whether they haven't gone anywhere is just how like lovely people are like and I really I really mean that like in the sense that like I've I've never like don't get me wrong like there are you know there are difficult times when you're working with someone else but I feel that I'm lucky enough to have all the experiences I've had working with other people is that they all always start off at this place of kind of emotional vulnerability that you both have to enter before you can do anything so you have this weird sort of thing where you have to get very very deep with someone very very quickly and um that doesn't feel intimidating at all and that feels actually very like like nourishing like and um and yeah and remember this kind of this session that i had right at the start of this whole process was just you know like you just sit around and yeah, you, you play your favorite records for people for hours and hours and you talk about this and that and you, and you learn stuff. And like, you know, again, like I'm continuing my musical education for other people. Like the amount of things that I've learned off other people, um, in sessions is just, um, is insane. Like, um, I was working with another writer, Sarah Ahrens, who's amazing songwriter and, um, ended up getting like a piano lesson from her. And it's just, you know, it's these kind of situations where whilst they are high pressure on the surface or whatever, they can be really quite sort of beautiful and quite nourishing and, 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 and it's, and it's a kind of a new phase of my career, I guess, you know, in the last sort of two or three years where I've been doing more and more of that, um, that, that I really love and is kind of integral to me as like a, as a musician now, you know, is, is keeping 
is always getting in the room with someone else and seeing what happens, you know, so. A lot of the people in this room are becoming adults at a time when there's so many conversations about power and the dynamics between people, especially between men and women. And young men, men and women are always having now to rethink how they talk to each other, how we interact with one another, how to do that with kindness and awareness and all these things. And we all try to live our lives in that way. When you go into a studio with other people, especially women, especially black women, what kind of conversations do you have about how best to represent their ideas and how best to get them down on paper and then on a record in a way that feels, like you say, nourishing and honest without being exploitative? I mean, it's a good question, but I mean, it's also, it's, it's simple. You just, you literally just go in and you try and make good music. And honestly, you know, 80% of the time, I'm just in the background, just trying to help organize someone's thoughts. And like, I mean, I'm like, I really mean this in a, in a you know, in, 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 a, in a nice way, but I feel like, again, like my role was a, a a producer or whatever, a co-writer, in a lot of ways is is, is to kind of, you end up being someone's therapist. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and I think that it's the same for me as well, a little bit. Um, and, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm fine to play that role. Like I've don't, like one thing about producing is that like um, working with other people is that you learn very quickly that your idea isn't always the best one in the room and someone's always got a better idea than you. And to be honest, if you don't get over that, then things go south very quickly. But as long as you just go in and you just want to make a good song, and again, like 99% of the time, that's what the goal is in this session. Sit there and listen and, you know, at times I'll steer it in, I'll have a, I'll steer it in a direction or I'll have a suggestion for a, for a different, for something that that artist just can't do themselves, but we'll establish a point where we want to get to. And, and then it's just about getting to that point in the song and nothing else really matters. And along the way, you have a lot of really deep conversations. You have a lot of very enlightening conversations and, and I've, again, like, I've learned so much from other people on a musical level, on a personal level, on a political level. I'm just grateful that I can actually do this as part of my job. That, that it's that curiosity that you're talking about. Like, I don't really have a point to prove. Um, working with people, whoever they are, I just kind of want to make a good song. And, and I'm down for that to lead me where, wherever it goes. Because it could, go, you know, however left field that takes us, then let's just follow it follow go down the rabbit hole and see what happens and and um you know I'm, d I'm down for the ride really like I really don't want to stop and be like time we do things my way you know because <laughs> you know it just doesn't work so when we're talking about being a self-taught musician having these ways of working that aren't so so formalized or come from training um I remember speaking to um Kalela maybe about a year before the album came out and she was speaking about having quite a visual way of explaining herself and she was talking about working with Arca also on the album and she would say things like this song is about hips she needs more wind in her hair you know we, we need to go up a mountain you know seeing all these kind of um, storytelling kind of cues to give like hints for the mood of the music 
Uh, did you ever have little yeah, conversations Yeah, that's Kalela's language. So I've, I'm fluent in it now, but it took me a while, you know. But you, yeah, you learn to take cues from other people. And that's me a lot of the time because I don't know how to express myself through theory, really. So I'm kind of just being the one in the room that's like more, you know, or like whatever, like, you know, more this or more that or like or it's just not quite working or like... Yeah, uh, you, 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 every single time you meet someone new, they've got their own language of, of getting the things across, and you just you pick that up pretty quickly, and you learn to read their cues and 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 try and yeah get to that point where you've got a really cool thing that's in in the making. Do you feel like your language has changed then? It may be not the same as Kalela's up the mountain, but you know, <laughs> do, do you feel like your language about how to communicate about what you want out of a song has changed? From collaborating, yeah, well, it, ch- it changes every single different session, and um, and uh, but that's why that time at the at the start of the session is so important to literally just like you know trade trade YouTube links and just talk about life, talk about what what you're going through, and you, yeah, you pick up that a way of working together very quickly, and and yeah, you know, like I mean, also the thing you said about Kalela is that it's effectively it's kind of like a visual thing, um, and that's you know, that's a really good, easy way for me to work as well. Because you're just like, okay, this needs to be more, you know, like you can kind of find a way to interpret it on your own, on your own terms, but you effectively understand what she's saying because there's a, there's an image there and there's a, there's a sort of vision there, um, like a little film or something. So that's, that's kind of an easy way to, to work, definitely. I'd like to play a track by um, another vocalist that you've worked with uh, quite recently. Um, it's called Troy Savan. Um, he's an Australian singer and you contributed to some of his most recent album, Bloom. Yes. Yes, it's an amazing record. Um, this is the last track in the album, Animal. Yeah. Is it the last one? Yeah, I, I love this record. So um, who else worked on this record with you? A lot of people. A lot of um, people. Yeah, Bramman Score, Alex Hope, uh, Ariel Rexshade, um, and this one as well. And, you know, it's, it's like, again, like, Troy's an interesting one because... He's a, he's, a, he's a real music head and he had this really cool playlist that he sent to us before he started work on the record uh, that had the replacements on it and it had um, a lot of like kind of new wave, a lot of like goth rock or whatever, you know, like all things that I, that I love and, you know, and again, like, you know, when, when an artist comes in and they give you those things to work with or like saying, well, this is my kind of language, like I know I'm like a pop star or whatever, but like this is the feeling that I want to draw on and just do it Troy Sivan style or whatever, then it's just like, it's just like, you know, it's like a gift because you're just like, this is brilliant. Like, this is so much to work with here. Like, we can go off in any direction. Um, I know exactly what to do or whatever. And yeah, he, and also with Troy as well, that, that, that there's another one that he did on their uh, called the good side and weirdly it was a kind of a nice there's a bit at the end where there's just four um bass notes repeating like on a loop and it was a kind of a nice weird little throwback that to classical curves in a way because it's just like it was just this weird thing where it was just super minimal only lasts for like four bars and it and it was just this kind of nice like little full circle moment where i felt like that's just the kind of thing that i would have wanted to do back then but it was in a totally different context um so that felt good but yeah animal um isn't another one and um a lot of amazing people worked on that behind the scenes so we started off with instrumental electronic music and we've come all the way round to very clear, very personal voices, 
lots of space and movement in a very, very different way from what you started out with. Tell me, you, you say that you're lovingly part of a bigger whole when you're in these kind of sessions, but what has writing really beautiful pop songs with other people taught you about your own sound? Because you're still a musician in your own right as well as working with everyone. So that kind of a juxtaposition, how do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, again, like, uh, it's, it's, it's learning so much from other people and it's uh, learning technical things, um, like how to put together a song um, and learning about other people's experiences that make you reevaluate your own. And you take all of that back into, uh, into your own work and I actually haven't had much time to, to work on my own music for a while now actually because I've kind of been sucked into this world and I love it and I kind of don't want to stop but I do also want to you know work on my own music and and um and I think that yeah I, I, I don't know it's just like I've gained like so much sort of confidence from from other people as well who've sort of in, encouraged I mean Kalela as well you know would be like force me to play things live on the keyboard or whatever and it's just like that is in, invaluable to have someone else be like no 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 you're heading in the right direction keep doing that and I suppose you take you, 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 yeah you, you you take all that and you put it back into your own music and like I don't know like you, I think I don't know like being, working with other people teaches you to be really patient as well and uh, teaches you how to, 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 to really listen to, to other people and to what they've kind of entrusted with you to, to get across as well. So, you know, these are all skills that can be applied anywhere. And in like life as well, like music aside for a moment, like, you know, like I'd like to think that the, the work I do as a musician or whatever has some sort of positive relationship with who I am as just a person. Um, and... I mean, it's not for me to say whether that's successful or not, but like, you know, like it's, it's, you know, like I'd like to think that the, 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 the things you learn about when you, when you have to work with people under those very, very specific and quite hard conditions, sometimes you bring back into your own life aside from, you know, your solo records or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope it kind of has a positive impact there as well. Well, it seems to be working fine musically. So I'm sure everybody thinks you're just lovely. Don't worry. <laughs> So you are actively working on some solo things in a sense. Um, always, yeah, always. Oh, hello. No, no, you're there. Don't worry. Hello. Hello. Um, hello again. Uh, you are working on things within like the Jam City universe, not just Jack in the studio with other people. Um, you started a label this week. Yeah, unoffic unofficially, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's a home. It's a home for, for, for things that I just really like. And, and nothing deserved to be heard. So yeah, it's it's a label in that sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Can you tell me some more about it? Uh, and I mean, it's it's. I think one thing is like um, th there's so much music that gets made now to a point where it's got a bit ridiculous for me because there's just hours and hours of music that I've made with other people that other people have kind of sent me to to work on, and a lot of it's really lovely. And and also I'm a, a sort of a weird and very grateful to be at a point where you know like people send me their music just to sort of listen to and um you know like occasionally you'll you'll have your mind blown by something and um 
this is the case with uh, with 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 Fornes, who's a, a, an artist who uh, sent me a bunch of songs, and they had such a clear sort of vision. Um, and uh, she's a singer, songwriter, producer, and uh, yeah, had such a clear vision and a unique sort of um, a unique way of of seeing the world and seeing um, uh, navigating her subject position as a woman. And all, and uh, also, um, she has an um, interest in environmental issues as well, and all these things that you know are, 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 I feel make great topics for songs. And it's it's rare that I I, I get something where all that is kind of coalesced together. Um, and is you know that was just um, um, something that I felt needed to be heard for other people. And a video just came out yesterday, actually. Um, so yeah, you know, like it's it's it's. It's it's a home for 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 I guess uh, uh, voices that I I feel I, I I want I want to be heard and music that I love. It's really as simple as that, you know. Um. So tell me, after working with vocalists, R and B and pop vocalists, and refiguring your own sound through working with them, what what do you like most about pop music? Um. The fact that I feel it's speaking to me directly, and I guess that's what everyone feels when a song is, you know, relates directly to their life. No matter who did it and who's listening to it, uh, yeah, it's it's it feels it feels like someone is saying something about you, and you can get that in, you know, top forty music. You can get that in Choice of Van. You can get that in Color. You can get that in Fornes, who's you know talking about very specific things. But it's but it's all pop music to me in a way I think and and again like you know I feel the same about some of the earlier things we were talking about with, with, with club music house music is uh, it's it's um it's got a certain like economy to it that is all about just getting to the the listener or the dancer or whatever as, as quickly as possible and 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 hitting them and their heart as as quickly and as efficiently as possible as well I think. So, yeah, I guess that's what pop music is to me. I have a pretty bro- broad definition of what pop music is, but yeah, pop, yeah, transformative pop music. Transformative, I like that. Jam City, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this is Jordan Rothline again. Thanks for listening to Couch Wisdom. Before you go, I just wanted to take a minute to tell you a little bit about the Red Bull Music Academy. The whole thing is a world-traveling series of music workshops and events. If you want to find out more, check us out at redbullmusicacademy.com. Also, if you liked what you heard on this podcast and you're not already subscribed, please go for it and consider rating us while you're at it. It really helps other people discover the podcast. Finally, there's a whole world of other great music programming like this to check out at redbullradio.com. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.